Right. Anyways, on that note. Are we ready? I hope so. I hope it's so, about time. Everything's on my phone. Uh-oh, everything. Everything. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. What's up, Pat? How you doing? I'm back. I'm doing it. 68? And we're 68. Episode 68. You know, before we get into our football players that we're going to talk about. Sure. Do you have any for 68? No. Speaking of football, we have not talked about the big news. Our favorite football team on the show, the Washington football team, has a new name. Yes. The Commanders. The Commanders. Which is the worst one. It is a terrible name. Absolutely terrible. if you're trying to choose a team name, you got to go with one or two syllables. Exactly. As a general rule. Yes. The Browns, the Steelers. I mean, even I hate the Steelers. It's a good name. Sure. Or if you're not going to do that, you have to have something that abbreviates down into one or two syllables. (laughs) The Washington football team landed on Commanders. The Washington Commanders. So if you're doing a chant, like the Steelers can go, let's go Steelers. Yeah. The Browns can go, let's go Browns. Let's go Browns. What the (laughs) hell do you do for the Commanders? uh, What you're going to hear is... You know when you hear like a, a a big group of people trying to sing something, but they're all off tune. Exactly, that's what the chants are going to sound like. Like, <laughs> what do you even do? <laughs> Let's go, Commanders. Like, that no, doesn't sound good. Nobody's, no one's going to be on cue or on time with the chant. It's all just going to be a mush of voices in the stands, and no one's going to, no one's going to know what the hell they're saying. Exactly, you can't, you can't get that going. It's going to be hilarious. I can't wait to see it. Like, I'm trying to come up with some options. Like, let's go, comms. Yeah. Let's go Manders. That doesn't work. Yeah, Manders. Let's that... go com- Commies. Let's go Commies. <laughs> I mean, that would be fitting for DC, but yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, Fuck. they are wearing red. Yeah, there we go. Anyways, on to our famous news stories. How many do you have today, sir? I think I have three. I got three today, too, and I think we're going to have at least one of the same. Probably. Possibly two of the same. <laughs> But if you want to get started with this one. All right. You probably have this one. This is from our favorite UPI News. Uh Uh-oh. See, I don't have any news articles this week. Oh, okay. You might not have this one. Now, I could have brought up to six this week. I had so (laughs) many news stories. I cut it down to three, but I probably know what you're talking about. Baptisms performed by Arizona priests declared invalid due to the word we. Yeah, I have this news story. I didn't, I didn't pick it up from Odd News. I picked it up on a different place. But. Okay, this is pretty funny. February 15th, an Arizona priest resigned from the Diocese of Phoenix after officials announced a single changed word invalidated all the baptisms he performed until June 2021. <laughs> I wonder how many he performed. It's got to be thousands. Dude, that is that is ridiculous. The Diocese of Phoenix said all baptisms performed by Reverend Andres Arango until June 17th, 2021 were invalid because the priest said we instead of I when reciting the phrase. <laughs> I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith clarified in 2020 that sacraments using the word we are invalid. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you imagine? I could just imagine him sitting there. Like, it, it gets noticed, okay? And he gets called into the office, and he's like, Hey, <laughs> hey, Father Andre, we hear you even saying the word we instead of I. What what does he say to that? It's like in the Big Lebowski. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. Where he says we instead of I. <laughs> he's like, I've been using the royal we, man. 
Now, is that all you had with that one? Because there's a lot going on with this. There's, there's actually, this is probably the longest odd news article okay. I've ever I was seen. Say, it's a very complicated, you, you, it's you a very can, complicated you, case. You can add to it if you want to. No, why don't you just keep going with want this? To keep going? Okay. Yeah. The issue with using we is that it's not the community that baptizes a person. Rather, it is Christ and him alone who presides at all of the sacraments. And so it is Christ Jesus who baptizes. Diocese of Phoenix Bishop Thomas J. Olmsted said in a later, in a letter to congregants. Arango resigned from the diocese effective February 1st. The diocese said Arango remains a priest in good standing. It saddens me to learn that I have performed invalid baptisms throughout my ministry as a priest by regularly using incorrect formula. I deeply regret my error and how this has affected numerous people in your parish and elsewhere, Arango said in a statement. Arango said his resignation will allow him to dedicate my energy and full-time ministry to help remedy this and heal those affected. I sincerely apologize for any inconvenience my actions may have caused and genuinely ask for your prayers for goodness understanding he wrote. Diocese posted a forum online for anyone affected by the invalid baptisms. Officials said other sacraments, including marriage, might need to be repeated <laughs> if followed an invalid baptism. <laughs> Dude, oh my god. No, there's a lot more oh, going on with this. Okay, as somebody who's in the middle of planning a wedding right now, if I get married and go through all that and find out it's invalid... Dude, I would be pissed. Oh, my It'd God. It'd be over with. I'd be so pissed. Now, the other problem, too, is you can't take communion unless you've been baptized. Yes. And if you do that, it's like a fucking mortal sin. Yeah, you're like, not we supposed to do that. We were told that was the worst thing in the world. Yes, we were. So we've got thousands <laughs> of people living in mortal sin right now. Literally. And obviously, this is the type of scenario where you would hope that the bishop has common sense and would use rational judgment. Yes. This is not happening. No, this is not in this situation. The, you know, this is something they just said, okay, you know what? It, it'd be different if there were like one or two or if, he just, or if he just made up his own fucking ceremony. Yeah. If he was like baptizing yeah. people in the name of Satan or something, that's that would be <laughs> yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, that's different. It, you know, but this isn't that big of a deal. And I don't okay? think this guy's a native English speaker, number two. Because he's, and one, the one article I read, it said that he was, he was, he came from Brazil. Brazil or he was doing stuff okay. in Brazil. So maybe sure. he's thinking Portuguese. Sure. Number three, we got to bring fucking Latin back at this point <laughs> because obviously there's a big problem. If 20 years worth of baptisms <laughs> are invalid because this guy said we instead of I. Now think about it this way. Okay. Well, how, how long has he been at this, um, this parish? He's been a priest since 98. I don't know when he started at the Paris. I think it was 2006 so, or something. Okay. So that's like 18, 16 years. Sure. The other problem, there's a lot of problems going there's on. There's a lot of one. issues going on with this. But even if you were to use the word we, the Holy Trinity is three in one. Yes. Why can't they just play it off like that? Yeah, Why can't I, they I just don't know. come up with something better than, okay, everybody that's been baptized, <laughs> and they've got a list of thousands of names probably, <laughs> scoot your ass back on in the church, we got to do this thing again. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be people. There's hopefully not, but could you imagine somebody that died in in this time? Yeah, they're in exactly. hell right now, according to this bishop, literally, because this guy said we instead of I. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's the most ridiculous. Yeah, like why? <sighs> it's the most ridiculous thing so I've ever dumb. seen. Yeah, I, I I figured you'd have that one. Like I've got no. What's funny is I've got my my like my weird news sources that I kind of scope to try to find uh, articles for this show. Sure. And this one, I saw it on there first. And then it, <laughs> then it seeped into my, my regular news sources. And I'm just like, this is really getting out of hand. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for the priest because yeah, 
You would think that the community would be baptizing. Apparently not. Dude's just trying to do his service. He's trying to he's trying to do his job. And I've heard people do that where they use the word we when they should be saying I anyways. Yeah. Just kinda of make it a community thing. Sure. Like that that's a common thing across a lot of different areas. Yeah, definitely. I don't really agree with it necessarily, but Sure. Anyways. Anyways, what do you got? I just I well that was gonna be my first one, like I said, and I, I can't I can't figure that one out. But I'll start with a different one. Sure. Now there's a very good chance you have this one as well. Okay. This one's gonna come from people.com. Russian security guard doodles eyes on one million dollar painting during his first day <laughs> during his first day on the job. Oh no. The Boris Yeltsin Presidential Center's exposition curator described the guard's act of vandalism on Anna Leporskaya's painting three figures as a lapse in sanity. A security guard at the Russian Art Museum made quite the first impression when he defaced... When he defaced an exhibition painting during his first day on the job, Anna Leporskaya's avant-garde artwork, three figures on display at Boris Yeltsin's presidential centers, the world as non-objectivity, the birth of a new art exhibition in Yekaterinburg. I probably should have read this one before I just (laughs) decided to run it. Was discovered in December to have been defaced with doodles of two sets of eyes. The art newspaper Russian reports the painting dated somewhere in the early 1930s features three figures with round empty faces lacking any features which (laughs) (laughs) which changed (laughs) when two museum guests noticed little round eyes added on with a pen to two of the smaller (laughs) figures oh no this week the offender was revealed as a security guard from a private security firm who is being charged with vandalism according to the washington post the motives of the 60-year-old guard, 60 years old, <laughs> who remains anonymous but has since been fired, are still unknown. But the administration believes it was some kind of lapse in sanity, <laughs> said Anna Reshinska, the, exhibit, the exhibition's curator. Restoration on the painting, which was worth in the vicinity of $1 million, will cost an estimated $4,600, Sky's News reports. Damn. I guess they're not going to be pursuing criminal charges, but like I got fined and the Minister of Culture demands that the crime be classified as a destruction or damage to cultural heritage objects and monuments. How old was this painting? The painting was dated to the 1930s. Okay. So that would be 80 years old at this point. Pretty old, but it's not it's not like it's, it's not ancient. Yeah. But still, it's a one it's a one out of a million piece of art. I think yeah. I've got a book with that as a cover actually. That painting that got the face. Damn. What would you be thinking? What what could possibly be going through your mind if you're just standing there as a security guard at a museum? You've got clearly an important painting in front of you, <laughs> and you decide just to whip out a, p- a pen. This guy was 60? He was 60 years old, and this was his first day on the job. I, I feel like maybe his age is helping him in this case because they, they're claiming some type of insanity. Yeah, they're claiming a partial lapse in sanitary or momentary lapse in sanity. I don't really know what that means. It's a but, made up term. I mean Sure. But if he if he was if he was fifteen years younger, this guy would be getting probably probably going to the little, gulag. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. He'd probably get fucking assassinated. Knowing Russia. Yeah. Yeah, literally. So I don't know. I thought that one was kinda of funny. I just, I <laughs> that is funny. I can't imagine I, I just I can't even think I I just can't even think of why you would even do that. No, I've had the temptation before. Like, sure. You ever go to the art museum and you're like, I really want to touch that. I really just want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just want to fuck with shit. Exactly. But I've never actually done it. Yeah. 
I think I touched a plane in a museum once. I think that was the closest I got. That's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming everybody probably does it. Yeah, probably. Pressure me meeting that on a podcast, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you're good. Whatever. Anyways, what else you got today? So this is from AP News. This is kind Uh-oh. of this is kind of dumb, but it's it's pretty funny. This is from Boston. This is uh, February 10th, 2022. Okay. A Massachusetts contestant on The Price Is Right was hoping to win a getaway to some tropical locale during a recent appearance on the game show. Instead, she went a trip to New Hampshire. <laughs> I saw the that neighboring one. city. Catherine Graham had already won a fire pit and a love seat when she was picked to go on stage and play side-by-side with host Drew Carey. She found out she'd be playing for a trip to New Hampshire, just across the border from Massachusetts. She won by correctly guessing the value of the prize was $7,696 instead of $9,676. Graham confessed she was hoping for somewhere a bit more exotic than the live free or die state, which she said she's already visited a million times. I just wish it was Tahati, Tahiti, or someplace, or Bora Bora. A cruise around the world, maybe, Graham told WBZ TV laughing. That's the whole article. That's hilarious. That is, dude, I'd be, that, that would be really annoying. It, it, it'd be like us, you know, we're not very far from Michigan. We're going to Detroit. Yeah, we're going to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be so, oh, it'd be so funny. I mean, I'm hoping it's all expenses paid. Yeah, I'm sure. Seven, 7,600, yeah. That's hilarious. That's one of the funniest things ever. Like, I, I just, like, that would be just my luck. Trying to trying you know, to trying to think of what you're gonna do for that much money. I mean, we're we're planning our honeymoon, and it's not that much. And we're we're going to the tropics, man. There we're you going, go. We're going getting all inclusive, everything. I just can't imagine anywhere in New Hampshire gonna be costing that much money. Well, I mean, and it's not anywhere near. See, New Hampshire. I can't even name a city in New Hampshire. What's the capital? Concord. I can't even. I can't think of. I, I can't think of anything. In New Hampshire. I can't think of one thing in New Hampshire. It's kind of a, because like New England is kind of a, you know, it's kind of a yuffie liberal sure. state. Yeah. New Hampshire is like the only like kind of more rough around the edge of the state, I guess. Yeah. But, but they're, they're kind of, they're kind of like, you know, old Democrat. New no, Hampshire, that's more, right? that's more Vermont. Is that Vermont? Like Vermont, I would never go to. New Hampshire, you can, you can, you could live in New Hampshire. Okay. Vermont, you're not going to hack it in. Maine, you're not going to hack it in. Sure. Most of the Massachusetts, you're not going to hack it in. New Hampshire's kind of like a little bit more down to earth, I guess. Hmm. But. I probably won't move there, though. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have to probably cut all of that. Probably. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's all that. That's hilarious. And Pretty I saw that fun. one, and that was like I said, I probably had six or seven that I could yeah. have brought to the studio today. <laughs> that was one of them that kind of got, <laughs> so got cut. But that was hilarious. Anyways, I've got one more news story this week. Okay, and we're gonna be going across the country this week to Oregon. Oh shit! This is from Newsbreak.com. Okay, Oregon woman duped into thinking she was a DEA agent for nearly a year. <laughs> Okay. New jobs can be confusing, but this is pretty insane. A woman from Oregon who believed she was in training to be a Drug Enforcement Administration DEA agent suddenly realized she'd been tricked for a year by a man pretending to be her supervisor. Robert Golden, age 41, is accused by Portland officials of impersonating a DEA agent using false credentials to gain information from residents and installing red and blue emergency lights on his car to navigate traffic. (laughs) He also had a tactical vest affixed with DEA police patches 
two body armor plate carriers, handcuffs, badges, and an AR-15 style rifle that turned out to just be a BB gun. <laughs> Authorities arrested the pair February 1st after a police sergeant noticed one of the vests in the open truck of Golden's car and approached them. The two showed fake police badges before Golden admitted that they were fake and then claimed he and the woman were cosplaying. Do you know what cosplaying is? Uh-uh. Where you dress up in costumes. Oh, okay. It's kind of like role-playing. Sure. Like if you wanted to go to like a Lord of the Rings convention, you could dress up as yeah. Legolas or Frodo or whoever. Sure. Police said the trainee, who wasn't charged, told authorities that Golden had given her a DEA badge and photo ID and said she'd been in training for a year while attending school for criminal justice. If Golden was found guilty, he faced up to three years in prison and a fine of up to... $250,000. Man. Yeah, isn't that considered a felony to felony to impersonate cops? Yes, it is. Oh, and this guy, so I, I want to know who the hell this woman is and how she got caught into this. Now, she said she was a criminal justice, justice student. Okay. So working for the DEA is something that you would do with that degree. Yeah. Somehow she met this guy. And there was a different article I read that got more in detail. I guess they were, like, breaking up fights and shit, and they were yelling police, like, running into, like, <laughs> like crime scenes, basically, before so they happened. This is, like, present day, right? Yes, this just happened. So, I'm trying to figure out. So, like, if, if you're going to, like, work for the DEA or get, like, an internship there or something like that, don't you have to, like, apply for something like that, like, online? Like, how did she get hooked up with this guy? I can't figure out how the hell this happened. Like, you would think, exactly. How, how do you, how did this guy... Did he just show up was he just hanging outside class one day said hey you put the bill for the dea you want in <laughs> yeah she's like fuck yeah let's do it yeah like here's my fake badge let's get to work i and this, i can't even begin to think of how this happens <laughs> this went on for over a year yeah now obviously her education can't be doing that well if with all her knowledge she couldn't distinguish the fact that this was a fake operation the entire time you know what i mean yeah i don't know I thought the whole thing was ridiculous. Just that is hilarious. What 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 is going on here? What the hell does this possibly happen? Maybe they are cosplaying, and she's just like throwing him under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's honestly better than the story that we have. I mean, because how how can you get hoodwinked in, in today's day and age? Be different. This was like fucking fifties. I guess they gave like a bunch of names of agents and everything, and the DEA in the area was like, "Yeah, none of this is real. This is all completely <laughs> made up." Like anybody in there, like any normal person would like l- probably like look this guy up or call somebody. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously, just, they anything, didn't, anything. Obviously, they didn't go shooting in this year in training because he had a fucking BB gun look, that looked like an AR-15 <laughs> in the back of his car. I don't know. That's my last news story. That's a pretty dumb one. That's hilarious. I thought that one was pretty That's good. Great. So, All right, I got one more. Uh-oh. This is from the Daily Caller. Scientists discover partially digested dinosaur remains inside belly of new crocodile species. What? That's weird. Now, for some reason, this article is very short. Okay. Maybe it's because I'm not a member of the Daily Caller uh... to where it doesn't have a full article. It just has like a condensed one. Okay. Scientists in Australia discovered the bones of a young dinosaur inside of fossilized remains of a new crocodile species known as a confractosuchus. 
Scientists in Australia discovered the bones of a young dinosaur inside the fossilized remains of a new, of a new crocodile species known as Confractosuchus, Sky News reported Sunday. The 95-million-year-old bones were excavated from a sheep station in Queensland in 2010 and were densely packed in a chunk of rock, according to Sky News. Using X-ray and micro-CT scanning technologies, scientists were able to identify the bones that were located and build a 3D digital specimen, a process which took 10 months. Through that process, scientists not only found the partially preserved skeleton of the crocodile, but also the skeletal remains of a young ornithopod dinosaur inside its stomach. And that's the end of the episode. And that's the end of the, <laughs> that's the, end of the article. So that's the end of the article? Yes. Interesting. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I was trying to follow that as well as I could. Was this a living crocodile or is this a dead crocodile? This is a dead crocodile. Because they found, like, the skeletal remains. Oh, the skeletal remains. So the skeletal remains had more fossilized (laughs) remains inside of it? Apparently. Okay. Yes. But just to make sure that I got that all straight. Yeah. That's pretty good. Now, where was this Interesting. Queensland? It's got to be Australia. Yes, Australia. Okay. I've never heard of that crocodile species before. They made it sound like it was a new crocodile species. Yeah. This article is not very descriptive. How the hell are they finding new crocodile species? I have no idea. There can't be that many of them wandering around. (laughs) They're pretty big creatures. Right. Well, this one wasn't wandering around. Well, yes, it was. Deceased, unfortunately. Rest in peace. Yes. That's a pretty good news story. That's pretty interesting. Thanks. There's a lot going on with that. There is. And it was kind of funny. You're getting ready to pronounce these scientific names. I was kind of holding my breath because I never know if those are going <laughs> to actually come out. It's not easy. Like, I couldn't handle those Russian names in that earlier news article I did. So Confractosuchus. Confractosuchus. It's uh, C-O-N-F-R-A-C-T-O-S-U-C-H-U-S. Confractosuchus. Yes. Very good. But yeah, that's from the Daily Caller. Probably put that on the Facebook page. Well, yeah, we'll get that up there for sure this week. Most definitely. Anyways, on to the main topic. What is our main topic? Pat, this is definitely your episode. It definitely is not. Um, This week's topic is going to be Ben's episode, and we're going to be talking about some of the craziest inventions in history. Yes. Some of this might have to be a multi part episode because there's there's more that there's too there's too many to count. There's so many inventions to count and there's so many ways to discuss this topic. I mean I don't really know what what defines a crazy invention and what defines I don't know either. Mine are just kinda like stupid inventions. Oh, okay. Or, See, I was doing, like, off-the-wall shit. Sure. Like, I really didn't know. We really didn't, like, define it too much. No, we didn't. Because there's, like, like the one I saw was, like, a standing bicycle or something. Yeah, I saw that one. Where it's, like, you're, like, you're walking, but you have, like, a bicycle around you, but you're still walking the entire time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do anything like that. I kind of got into the history a little bit and some sure. interesting shit. So, I'll tell you what. Since this is your episode, you want to keep this This one is off? not my episode. Yours are going to be a lot better. Oh, my God. See, I picked this one because the picture is really is is really funny. Okay. This is this is pretty ridiculous. So have you ever heard of the urban window baby cage? <laughs> no. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. Okay. Now this was invented in 1922, although its origins come from a book in 1884 called The Care and Feeding of Children. Sure. By Luther Emmett Holt. In the book he describes how babies need fresh air to strengthen their immune systems, right? Okay, I can get behind that. So what they decided to build was this fucking cage that like, literally hangs outside of a window. <laughs> and 
Mind you, now these come; these actually become popular in the 1930s, and especially over the seas, over across the pond in London. So these were really these were popular in like downtown areas, sure. where mothers where the populations all on top of each other. I guess if you're in an really apartment, what are you going to do? Exactly, what are you going to do? Yeah, so they basically popped open the window. They built these cages that literally suspend over fucking the side of the building and this is the most dangerous thing you could probably put a child in no i think it's a great idea this is absolutely I, insane it's a lot better than the alternative as far as i'm concerned i and, think that's a great idea i think we got to bring these back and and this picture is absolutely hilarious because look how big this baby is this is the biggest child i've ever seen in my life that's probably an 18 month old dude that is a huge kid <laughs> That's not like a little baby. That's like a, that's at least an eighteen month old dude. Like my that's kid, not a newborn. my kid, my kid is two, and that kid is bigger than than mine. Well, you were also a really that little kid. kid. That kid is thick. They ate well back then. Oh my god! Somehow these things were allowed and, till like nineteen forty eight. Well, think about it too. If that kid lives in an apartment and the only fresh air it's getting is going out, <laughs> going out in the window cage thing. It's not. It doesn't have the activity. I don't know. You gotta burn man. those calories if you're a little kid. It's pretty dangerous. Well, yeah, they 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 ended up had you know they had to outlaw this shit because obviously babies well, were probably fucking falling. So. See, it was probably not that. I can imagine there being like a bird issue or a squirrel issue. I don't think rats are gonna climb that far up, but birds are gonna be shitting on the baby. Yeah, definitely. That's probably where the problem existed. Or they're gonna be nesting in that because they're gonna be able to get in there. They're gonna be yeah, nesting. Hundred so. percent. Plus, you got like if it rains. It's going to become a flood hazard. Yeah. Mold, mildew. Yep. There's a lot There's a lot of problems that could pop up with that. So, yeah. We do need to get that photo on the Facebook, though, because that's going to help. Pretty, our... It's a pretty dumb invention. <laughs> it's a pretty dumb invention for sure. Now, I guess we took completely different angles with this, like completely, completely different <laughs> angles, because I'm going back to ancient. That's fine. It doesn't matter. We didn't give a time frame. Ancient. I don't even know what era this is, because we're going back to a different area in history. Is that all you have with that one? Yeah, I just I always just like jump into my shit. No, I get you're so good. excited about it. You're good. Anyways, we're going back to ancient. We're gonna say ancient Greece, but it really isn't ancient Greece. We're going back to a period in time known as the Hellenistic period. Have you ever heard of the Hellenistic period before? I think we've talked about it. I don't think we have. But <laughs> I feel like I would have remembered if we did. Anyways, basically, are you familiar with Alexander the Great? Yes. Alexander the Great stormed through Greece from Macedonia okay. back in the 4th century BC. And pretty much after that, the ancient Greeks, as we know them, were pretty much, that, that was pretty much marks the beginning of the end of ancient Greece. Okay. Because before that, you had Athens and Sparta and Corinth and the big city-states. After that, they kind of sort of hung around in bits and pieces here and there, like Corinth was probably the last one to go. But after Alexander the Great stormed through and the Macedonians took over and expanded their world empire, and after he died, ancient Greece, as we see it in history, kind of started to fade away. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, you also had the Roman Empire popping up in Italy, mostly, where Rome is. Now, they weren't the Roman Empire back then. They were the Roman Republic, which was pretty much still the Empire, still the Romans. It was mostly elected strongmen, like military men that were really in charge, but the like the Senate existed and all that shit was going on. Mm -hmm. But Rome was emerging as a strong military power in the Mediterranean. And then to the south, in Africa, you had Carthage out of... Well, I guess Carthage was his own city. I think it's like present-day Tunisia was the Carthaginian Empire, which is where Hannibal is going to pop up in the Second Punic War. So ancient Greece is on its way out. Rome is on its way in, and Carthage is hanging around in the in the south. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of 
what the Mediterranean looks like in the Hellenistic period. That period runs all the way until probably Julius Caesar kind of rose up to power because he wasn't actually an emperor, even though he was basically an emperor. The empire didn't begin until his heir, which was Octavian, assumed the title of Caesar after Caesar's death and became Augustus. Mm -hmm. He was technically the first Roman Empire emperor, which was right around the switch between B.C. and A.D. I think he was probably B.C., but Tiberius would have been like the first Ace AD Emperor. Anyways, Hellenistic period. Ancient Greece out, Rome popping up, Carthage in the mix. Have you ever heard of Archimedes, the famous mathematician, philosopher, inventor? Have you heard of that name before? I think I have, yeah. You probably know him best. I think uh, I know that name. The first time I've heard that name was in the old Disney movie, The Sword and the Stone, which is the, the King Arthur movie where it's a little kid, King Arthur, and he pulls a sword out of the stone, and only the true king can pull a sword out of the stone, and he yeah, runs I'm, into I'm the I'm familiar with King Arthur. Not sure if I've seen the movie. Well, in the it's a little Disney movie. You probably yeah. watched it in music class. Probably. Back in grade school but you know uh, i don't remember that shit you know who have you ever heard of merlin the wizard the yes. King Arthur wizard in the movie he's got like a little owl that's named archimedes hmm. that's the first time i've ever heard that the archimedes is a name before archimedes was a mathematician and inventor that lived on present day sicily have you ever heard of sicily the island the yes. boot that kicks mm-hmm. yeah, on that, the boot of italy kicks mm-hmm. he lived in a city state a greek city state called syracuse which was still a Greek city-state, even though the Greece was basically fallen out of whatever at that point. At that time, I don't know what I just said. It was basically a city-state that was kind of fallen. It wasn't gone yet, but it was still, like, hanging around. But the Greeks weren't really the Greek Empire anymore. Sure. I don't even really know if they were an empire. They are the Greek League, I guess. Anyways, now that all that's out of the way. He was a mathematician and inventor, or Archimedes of Syracuse. He was really good at, like, mathematical theorems. Like, a lot of the stuff that we, we know today, we kind of got from him in different forms and fashions uh he was good at solving like practical problems within the city like he created the archimedes screw which was this like screw device that he was able to use and if he flowed water in it would flow along the screw and he, it was like raise water up as like a plumbing solution hmm. to get water up high hmm. he also created something supposedly called the death ray the death ray yes okay. which is literally like imagine the death star but like using it in naval combat hmm because Syracuse, being where it was on Sicily, was in, like, basically within the Punic Wars, it was like the crosshairs. It was like no man's land, basically. And if the Romans weren't invading, the Carthage was kind of doing stuff. So there's a lot of back and forth. And Syracuse was always under attack or under siege or something was going on, usually from the Romans. And when Archimedes was alive, a big part of what he was doing, he was trying to use his knowledge to help save Syracuse, to defend Syracuse, basically. And according to, there's a Roman writer, a second century author named Lucian, L-U-C-I-N, who is mostly like a, he was like a, like a playwright, but he was very sarcastic in his writing. He, like he was a, I forgot what the hell they call him. Satirist. He was a satirist. He wrote satire. Okay. He wrote about Archimedes a little bit and said that Archimedes had the ability, like, he was able to do something that would light the Roman ships on fire, basically, from far away, like a remote process where he was able to light the ships on fire. Mm -hmm. And then if you go a few hundred years later, there's a Byzantine guy named Anthemius of Trallis who said that he was either using mirrors or glass, like a magnifying glass, is able to focus sunlight onto the Roman ships Hmm. and light them on fire. I can see that. Now, Mythbusters kind of ran a myth on this one and pretty much said that it probably wasn't possible based on the resources that they had at the time. Hmm. But I don't know. See, Archimedes was pretty smart. Yeah, sounds and, like it. And a lot of his shit doesn't survive because it all just, it all survives in bits and pieces. And writers throughout history have tried to like put together like a 
full like story of what ha- actually happened with Archimedes because he died supposedly in 212 BC, which would have been the third century BC when a Roman soldier killed him during an invasion, even though he wasn't supposed to kill Archimedes because the general was like, okay, we're going to sack Syracuse, but don't kill Archimedes. And this guy said, fuck it, I'm going to kill him <laughs> anyway. One job. Basically. But, um, so we don't really know if this happened or not, but there's enough, uh, there's a few different people that talk about him doing something to these ships that lit them on fire from afar. Hmm. And, and we get to the sixth century, which this, this, uh, this Anthemius guy of Trellis, it was the one that first wrote, it was glass or it was mirrors that he was refracting light in such a focused way. Like it was basically like a laser beam. Sure. Which is basically what a laser is. It just refracted light so densely that it can shoot a powerful beam of energy, basically. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy invention if that happened. Yeah, that's that's crazy shit. That's ridiculous. Now, I, I wonder how long he would have those, you know, mirrors reflecting because i feel like it would have to take a long time to to burn a ship up well <laughs> it's just got to be focused on the right spot at the right time now obviously daylight limits that yeah so and supposedly he had like 60 soldiers helping him out with this like either holding the mirrors or whatever so you got to have a ton of discipline to make this yeah happen a lot because needs you gotta, to, a you lot needs to hold to it all exactly if, yeah. a lot needs to happen <laughs> You have to hold it all just right and kind of follow the sun. Like, if it takes yeah. an hour, could you imagine just incrementally? That's what I mean. I mean, that like, you'd have to keep it on the ship, like, the entire time. You have to, like yeah. you said, move with the fucking sun. That'd be insane. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. Right. Especially if he, maybe he was in tune with something that we didn't, we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant mathematician. Maybe he had an angle figured out. Yeah, it's true. Who knows? Anyways, I thought that was an interesting... You always got to discuss it. Now, scholars... There are some scholars out there that say that this couldn't have actually happened. I don't know. It's written about in several different primary sources. And like I said, the first guy that said Mears was a Byzantine writer, which was after the Roman Empire, which would have been the 6th century AD, which would have been 700 to 800 years after Archimedes actually lived. And he's basing it based on pretty much copies of texts that were in the Library of Alexandria about Archimedes that ended up going to Constantinople at some point. Who knows? Which is present-day Istanbul. Present-day Istanbul. Well, what's interesting about this guy is he was the designer of the Hagia Sophia, which is the big church in Istanbul Mm. that was commissioned by Justinian I, Mm. which I'm reading about in the book that you got me. I read about that. Nice. Learned about it. It was pretty good. This guy designed that thing. So Nice. Anyways, Archimedes. There, we could do a lot with Archimedes, probably, just in this discussion, because he had a lot of crazy inventions. Sure. I think I mentioned him in the Archaeological Finds episode, because the Antithecaria mechanism was kind of found in that area, and I talked about that, and I, I don't know if I even mentioned it or not, but a lot of people wondered if Archimedes was possibly the creator of that device, probably based on the intricacy been. and the precise mathematical whatever that was going on. So, anyways, that's all I got with that. Interesting. The death ray. I kind of think it existed. I wouldn't. It would not surprise me. It's definitely possible. Like the concept is obviously you can easily think of that concept. Yeah, and I mean you can do it with magnifying glasses and paper today. Yeah, very easily. And even when MythBusters ran it, they were able to do something with it. They just weren't able to focus it as much as they thought they were going to. Basically, right. so. Yeah, definitely. What else you got? Let's run through a couple of yours. Uh, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to top that. Uh, but have you ever heard of the anti-bandit bag? <laughs> <laughs> These are pretty fun. This is pretty funny, man. There's a, there's actually two of them, but I'll 
I'll give you the first one. Okay. So talking 1959 here, banks wanted a way to basically protect their bags of cash. When they would transport cash between banks, it would basically just be in bags, you know. Sure. Bags of cash. But in 1959, the answer was solved with the invention of the anti-bandit bag. So whenever they needed to transport cash, they would put a container of vapor into the bags. Okay. And before going out into the public, the carriers would attach thick cords that connected the containers to their wrists. Okay, I can see it. Okay. So if a robber tried to take the bag, the cord would make like an electric current, which would unleash the chemicals inside the bag. And it would also spray a red dye all over the place. So, you know, the robber would have red dye all over them. So they would be seen all over their clothes and the money would be covered in dye as well. So you'd be able to, you know, know if the money was stolen or not. See, I learned about the dye as a really little kid. I think I probably had the idea to rob a bank and I asked my father if it was a good idea or not. <laughs> and he explained to me about the, the, the dye in the bag. He was like, well, if you do this, you're going to be giving you a bag and it's going to have this dye in it. So when you run away, it's going to blow up. <laughs> I think I first, I think it was, no, it wasn't even that. It was in relation to a story that I saw where a robber took the bag and stuffed it out in his pants and the dye blew up and <laughs> caused oh, some boy. problems. Anyways, I'm sorry. That's rough. No, but but what's funny about what's funny about this bandit bag is like nobody ever bought the invention because you can clearly see the cord. Yeah, like, see, that doesn't like, help anything. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It literally does nothing. It literally does not help the situation at all. See, the dye helps a little bit. Yeah, the, hel- the the dye was probably the cord doesn't do anything. Like nowadays, they have ways of tracking money. Sure. Like they put little tracking devices in like stacks of bills. I'm pretty sure. Have, have, really? have you ever seen that? Yeah, seriously. I've seen it in movies. I saw it in. Uh, I'm pretty. No, nah, No Country for Old Men. They do that. But... Is that? It? Oh, that's right. It is in that movie. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real thing <laughs> or, or not. I, maybe, maybe, no, the no, car, maybe the I, cartel does no, this. No, I think it is a real thing. Okay. Yeah, and then there was the after that didn't really work out. A couple of years later, in the early '60s, sure. they came out with the Pug Pundit Bag, Bandit Bag. Sorry, <clears throat> Pug Bandit Bag. Now this would basically just open the package and just like put the contents all over the place. Sure. It would just spit the contents out all over the place. And apparently this was supposed to scare the bandits away. Apparently the pug bandit bag had a spring attached to the handle. (laughs) So if anyone tried to steal the bag, you just had to like flip your thumb on this little thing on the handle and it would just spring out and everything that was in the bag would just go everywhere. And all of this is contingent upon the bank robber using the bag that you provide. Yes. <laughs> That's the other problem that we're running into. Yes. So this is the best they could come up with. This like, is the you would best they could come up with. If you've got those parameters in place, well, they're going to be using a bag that we're going to give them. You got to do a lot better than a <laughs> spring-loaded handle on the back. <laughs> like, really? No, that that shit is just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah, some good shit. These these bandit bags do absolutely nothing. What else you got today? Is that is that all you got with the bandit bags? So I found this one inventor. It's kind of funny. This guy has created the stupidest shit ever. Sure. His name is Russell E. Oaks. You ever hear of this guy? Can't say that I have. Okay. So this guy, he created this butter protector, and this contraption looks like a spider that you basically just set over a stick of butter so your sleeve doesn't hit the stick of butter as you're reaching (laughs) across the table. This guy was big in, like, the 50s and 60s. But this guy also came up with the donut dunker. Now, 
I watched this video of the donut dunker on YouTube, and it's absolutely hilarious why he comes up with this patent of the donut dunker. And um, so basically he created the donut dunker so that you would not risk getting your hands wet from the hot coffee from dunking your donut into the coffee. And also so that you wouldn't make your wife upset from dripping the coffee onto the tablecloth. So you would need to buy the donut dunker. Now, this donut dunker is the stupidest <laughs> thing I have ever seen in my life. So some I don't even know how to describe this thing. So basically it's on like a swivel and it's got this like hand thing like on top of this standing swivel. Right. Okay. And it's got like a thumb thing that you pull. <laughs> And so you basically <laughs> basically put the donut on the hook and you move the arm. The arm is on the swivel and you dunk it into the coffee. You dunk it into the coffee and then you take your thumb and you pull on the little thumb cord and it pulls the tray out. So the, so the <laughs> donut so, so the coffee doesn't drip. So the coffee doesn't drip. On a tablecloth. Yes. And it's this little thing here. Oh. Little tray. My God. Yeah. As you can see there. <laughs> this, this, was, this was a legit thing you could buy. Like this was a legit thing. This guy was having such a hard time with that entire operation. <laughs> so that is the donut dunker. Now, can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. Have you ever dunked a donut in coffee before? <laughs> No, I have never. <laughs> I hear about it all the time. I've never actually done it. I have never done I've it. I've never had any impulse to dunk anything in my coffee. Me neither, ever. I don't like dump, dunking anything into my liquids. I, I've, I've never been into that. Like, I've dunked Oreos into my milk before, but that's about as far as I've I ever I think gone. Chip Ahoy. Chip Ahoy is good in milk. Sure. I don't, I don't really eat cookies anymore. I'm trying to think. Yeah, outside of that, that's probably the only thing. Maybe no. maybe like barbecue sauce or something, but Ooh, yeah, dipping sauce. Yeah, dipping sauce. That's not that's not coffee. No, I don't I don't understand the whole Dunkin'. You don't see that these days. We gotta bring them back. Sure, we'll try it. See, I would have to have two different cups of coffee though: a dunk cup, yes. and a sip cup. Yeah, I'm not gonna sip on the, with the dunk cup with the you know with especially the crumbs if, and shit. Especially if you're double dunking, if you're eating and then dunking again. Yeah, it's just disgusting. Ugh, and I don't um, yeah. I don't want chunks in my coffee. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't no, think Russell's Russell's invention is gonna make it. Yeah, make our cut. But yeah, it's just like this old dude that has he has all this time in his hands. He makes the most ridiculous inventions. Like the I'd... butter thing, I've never run into that situation before <laughs> where I've been that concerned about my sleeve hitting the stick of butter. Like, wouldn't you just augment where you're reaching at that point? Yes, exactly. And how do you access the butter? Like, how do you? You have to. You just lift the contraption off of it. Like it doesn't even touch it. It looks like it. See the wrist. The risk is still there though so here's the butter the contraption just looks like this and it's all white oh my god and it just sits over it <laughs> i don't know i don't know what to say with that what else you got i got one more and this is a is again it's a kind of a guy as opposed to an uh well i guess I got, i'm gonna do a couple of inventions with this guy have you ever heard of nikola tesla yes do you have any from him no he is probably the greatest inventor of all time probably he's a serbian american inventor he was born in 1856 and he lived until 1943 so he lived quite a decent amount of time uh he's best known as elon musk's 
Tesla these days. That's where the name mm-hmm. is best known today. But I first found out about him, and I can't believe we didn't really learn about him in school at all. I found out about him in college when I was doing a project on robotics. I was trying to find out the history of robotics, basically. And it started off with Tesla, with remote control. He was doing remote control shit in, like, the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Now, Nikola Tesla was mostly an elect electro electric engine electrical engineer i guess Mm -hmm. very humble guy he's also well humble and very very exceedingly eccentric really weird too very weird like i was thinking about those two tesla could not exist today just in any in our society he wouldn't he wouldn't be allowed to exist basically sure because he was a very weird guy everybody assumes he was probably on the spectrum in some degree probably to a advanced degree Mm -hmm. highly intelligent but he probably would have been First, medicated beyond belief to try to make him normal. Number two, if that were not to happen, he probably would have been forced into an educational system that would have forced him to do certain things instead of letting his mind really explore how it explored. Now, Tesla's problem, the reason why we hear about Edison much more than Tesla, is Tesla is not a businessman. Definitely not. Not at all. But he had first started working, like, when he really got into, like, electronics. Well, the, the things he did, he didn't do it for personal gain. Yeah, he did it because he thought this is how it should be, basically. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he ended up working for Edison, like, early on. And he had all these ideas to just improve on what Edison was doing, basically. And a lot of them worked, but they weren't going to work in a way that was going to generate financial gain, basically. Right. So, with Tesla, his biggest contribution that still exists today is alternating current or AC, like you think about the AC adapter, Mm -hmm. that is Tesla's stamp on electronics, basically. Yep. Edison at that time had advocated DC, direct current. AC is different. It's just like it alternates back and forth versus direct current just keeps it going the entire time. Yep. I was trying to figure out the difference between AC and DC. Like from a practical standpoint today, I couldn't figure it out. Like some people are saying that AC is more efficient. Some people are saying that DC is more efficient, but AC is better or it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I know alternating current means that the current alternates Mm -hmm. versus direct. It's just a constant connection. But beyond that, I I, I think, I don't know if I'm going to articulate this correctly, but I think alternate, I think the alternating current helps with transporting energy better over time and space. Yeah. Longer distances, I guess. Yes. Then more efficiently than direct current. Yeah. I think that was the big thing around it. It was. And that makes sense. Why it was so much. That's why it's better than direct current, essentially. Sure. I guess. That does make sense. Now, with Tesla, he had a bunch of inventions that basically he saw energy as something that exists everywhere. And he believed that it could be easily harnessed from anything, basically, to the point where he believed that free electricity was just going to be a commonplace thing in our in our world. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to need to be burning fuel or whatever for electricity. Now, we don't know how far these ideas could have gone had he been able to flesh them out as much as he thought he could but he did create something called the tesla coil which is eventually this like this big ass like ball thing which with electrical sparks sparking around mm-hmm. and supposedly he built like well he not supposedly he did he built a huge one that could shoot electrical current like hundreds of feet mm-hmm. across like oh, basically it looks like a big like lightning ball basically Right. And he believed that using the, these principles, you could create wireless energy transfer, which we're starting to see now in technology today with like the cell phones and whatever, how you could just set it on the pad and it charges. Yep. He had this idea back in like 18, like the 1890s. Incredible. And he was like making it happen. Now, there's a show on the History Channel, there's, there's a brief thing called The Tesla Files, where they used one of those balls, but they were just 
taking energy from the earth and you basically plug it in the earth and somehow if you calibrate it properly it can pick up energy from the earth mm. and they were able to do this they they rigged up an entire big contraption and they were able to power a remote control boat like around the pond just using energy like from the earth or something it was really ridiculous That's gnarly. it was ridiculous but he also had this thing called the tesla oscillator which he could like it was like just a thing that would just kind of go back and forth basically and an oscillator is just a way of rigging up a circuit basically hmm. to where it kind of pulsates back and forth or the signal pulsates back and forth the end result pulsates back and forth i guess you see that like a fan you know a fan that goes back and forth yeah apparently this thing could like tune into movements of devices around it and it would like if it could tune in properly it would amplify the energy that's being generated by this oscillator hmm. and supposedly he was doing this in a building in new york city and he tuned it just right so he was able to pick up all the machines in the building and it got so ridiculous that they thought that new york city was having an earthquake because this thing was shaking everything <laughs> and this was a small device it was only like seven inches long that's crazy so anyways i'm trying to think of other things that nikola tesla had going on maybe tesla was an alien he could have been but the the wireless energy transmission i think if that idea could have gotten fleshed out better that would have been revolutionary. They probably would have gotten us to, to Mars or to another galaxy by now, I think. Sure. And then uh, the other one is he was really into like radio and he actually had some of the patents for radio technology before the Macroni guy did, the Italian guy. And the Italian guy used a bunch of Tesla's patents in his device that was able to transmit radio waves across the Atlantic. Tesla wasn't able to pull that off himself, but he was using this Macroni guy was using Tesla's patents. Right. Including that oscillator thing that I talked about to shoot radio waves across the Atlantic. But Crazy. Tesla probably had the idea together. Tesla had everything figured out. He had a lot figured out. It just, it's kind of a shame that the world didn't embrace him as much as it could have. Right. But, you know, I guess you live and you learn. But there is so much with Tesla and there's so many of his files that got locked up in our secret or got destroyed. They in Hangar 1? Possibly. <laughs> it is possible. Anyways, that's all I got with that one. So nice. Tesla, the Tesla coil and the Tesla oscillator. Very interesting stuff if you guys want to look that one up. That's pretty good. Um, I have one more. It's really quick. Uh-oh. Let's listen. So no picture on this one. This one might be the most ridiculous invention ever. This is called the inner selfie stick. The inner selfie stick? Yes. I'm just going to let your mind wander and what that might mean. Like your inner self? Yes. Like my soul, it's gonna take a selfie of my soul. No, like you're gonna stick this thing up your fucking rectum, and you're gonna take a picture of inside of your body. We can't be talking about this on the podcast. It's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. So, what? Uh, so, how is this? Selfies have gone a little too far here. Uh, how is this different from a colonoscopy? It's basically what it is. <laughs> Like, the picture of this thing, it's basically, it like, attaches to your phone, and it's, like, a big-ass long thing, and you just stick no, it wherever you want. No, This no. is not going to make it in the episode. No. <laughs> what is going on right now? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think this thing was real, but I literally looked it up and you can actually fucking buy this thing. Like you can go, you can, you can order this shit and the picture description of what it does is absolutely ridiculous. It's like, it's like a cartoon, like inside of an anus. It looks really fucking ridiculous. I'm going to ask this question. Sure. I probably shouldn't ask this question. How far up does it go? <laughs> it's pretty long, man. Like, it's pretty long. I'll have to, okay, now I gotta show you. Like, let's go up to your, like, esophagus. No, I don't think it goes up that far. Oh, my God. Who the hell came up with this? <laughs> I don't think it's sold in the States. <laughs> no, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Literally the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's definitely, I don't think it's, okay, so here, here it is. That goes up pretty fucking that's, far. Yeah, that's pretty, that's at least two feet. 
No. So that's the inner selfie stick. How do you control? I'm asking questions I shouldn't be asked at this point. <laughs> you can cut all that if you want. But... I might have to go. Anyways, do you have anything more with this episode today, man? Eh, that's about it. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting discussion. We couldn't really coordinate that one super well, but you know we got through it. We got we got both ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. Uh, definitely after your last one, we're covering a couple of different ends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, listeners were okay. Uh, the last episode wasn't doing too great, but it it picked up a few lessons today. So nice. That's pretty good. We're creeping in on 3000. We still haven't eclipsed 3000 yet. We're getting close. So close. Hopefully within the next couple of months, we'll, we'll get over that, get over that hump. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Facebook, please check us out on Facebook. Please tweet us at 30 in the. If there's anything you guys have invented, let us know. Comment on our Facebook page. Tweet us at 30 in the. Yes, any inventions, any ideas for inventions. We, we'll definitely talk about it. If you guys tweet us, we're going to talk about it, no matter what at this point. 100%. we got to get some social media going. Um, And if you guys have any great ideas for episode number 69. Yes, because this is a very important episode to us. I don't know about important. It's a crucial one. Yes. I guess. Anyway. Anyways, please tweet your ideas for episode 69 to us at 30inla. Please comment on Facebook. Check me out on Snapchat. Are you on Snapchat, man? I am on Snapchat. Are we not Snapchat friends? We are not Snapchat friends. I don't think friends. we need to be fr- Snapchat friends. I don't think so either. <laughs> I, I asked you if you had a Snapchat a long time ago, and you said uh, Snapchat's only for chicks. It is. So That's the only reason why I have Snapchat. Yeah, So, but I can't really have Snapchat for that reason anymore. Not anymore. I never really had it for that reason. Yeah. I never really used to use Snapchat until probably like the last two years. Other than that, I never really got on Snapchat. I actually deleted the app for a while. Sure. Anyways, on that note, thank you very much for listening. Please keep telling everybody about it. Definitely. Spread the word. Yes, please spread the word. But on that note, we need to get the hell out of here. So Peace. Hello, everyone. Rock the cat. <laughs> Scooby-Doo in the studio. Man. Ring. Baptisms. Fuck. Do you have this one? Yeah, I do. Are you shitting me? Baptisms performed in Arizona. Priest declared. I'm, a, I'm sorry. Cat. Cat. <laughs> I don't know what that was. But. Cut. A woman from Oregon who believed she was in training to be a drug enforcement. Cut. Enforcement. Enforcement. <laughs> now, this was invented in 1922, although its origins come from a book in 1884 called The Care and Feeding of Children. Sure by Luther Emmett Holt. And in the book, I mean, it it talks about a lot of shit, you know, for the it talks about a lot of shit with the care of the feeding of fucking children. But <laughs> <laughs> but in the book <laughs> You want to repeat that for us please because <laughs> I I'm not sure what you said, but I think I know what I thought you said. So, in the book, in the book he describes how babies need fresh air to strengthen their immune systems, right? Known as a, known as confracta, cot. 
Confractosuchus. Confracto. <laughs> this pisses me off because I, I literally said this word like 50 times before you came over oh, to have really? this correct, and oh I just fucked God. it up. Cat. Confractosuchus. Confractosuchus. There we go. Yeah. 